I'm guessing a lot of people here are old enough to know who John Wimber is, but um, can I have a show of hands? Anyone not? Yeah, you, you know. Does anyone not know who John Wimber was? He was a, an American pastor who um, died a few years ago, but he um, kind of set up the Vineyard Group of Churches, so he's a really good and influential guy. And um, his story about when he became a Christian is that he was in the music industry in, in Los Angeles, and um, then he dramatically became a Christian out of quite a wild, druggy, sort of 60s um, lifestyle, uh, became a Christian, started reading the Bible, just was absolutely blown away by meeting God and encountering God. And so he read the Bible through, fell in love with God, and then found his way to church. And he went. his first ever trip to church, he said he went there and there was some worship and the worship was really good and he enjoyed the worship. And uh, then the guy got up and preached and he did a really good preaching. Oh, this is great. Um, this is, I'm loving church. And then after the preach, the um, pastor prayed a prayer and said, off you go then. And he was crestful and he was absolutely devastated and confused. And he went up to the pastor and he said, I, I just don't understand. When do we get to do the stuff? And the pastor, what, what do you mean? And he said, well, I've just read this Bible and they get to do stuff in this. They get to pray for the sick. They get to cast out demons. They get to do all these exciting things. And why aren't we doing them today? What? Where's the stuff bit in in this meeting? And that conversation set him off on a life for the rest of his life. He was someone who's after God and after doing the stuff, uh, as well as preaching the stuff and singing the stuff, he wanted to do the stuff. And I think doing the stuff is very, very much on God's heart. Okay, um, God made Adam and Adam got to walk with God um, face to face, knowing face to face in in Eden. And they'd walk together in the cool of the evening and, and Adam knew God. And God said to Adam, I want you to go and sort out this garden, tend this garden. And later on, he said, go into the world, multiply, you know, fill this place. In other words, God said to Adam, come and walk with me, know me, enjoy my presence and go and do my stuff. OK, um, Moses um, was... Um, I won't go into the whole story of Moses, but there's a point in his life where he's a shepherd and he's in the wilderness and he's been there a real long time. And he sees this amazing sight in the desert. He sees a bush that's on fire and he thinks this is really weird. So he walks up to the bush and realizes that he's on holy ground and this bush contains the presence of God. And, and God speaks to Moses through this um, burning bush encounter and he says i am he god introduces himself to moses as the i am and there's this amazing wonderful encounter between moses just a man and god and god says to moses moses i want you to go and do my stuff i want you to go to pharaoh and go and do the stuff i give you to do okay bit later on there's a prophet called Isaiah and he is uh, he has this amazing encounter with God and he sees the glory of God and, you know, and, and the train of God's robe filling the temple and, and he's 
absolutely undone by the holiness of God. And he says, whoa, I'm, I'm ruined. I'm in God's presence here. And I'm just unclean. And God cleans him up. And then God, God says, who's going to go and do my stuff? And Isaiah, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but um, Isaiah says, here I am, send me. Okay, and then later on, there's another one of the prophets, Ezekiel. And Ezekiel has this, you know, towards the end of Ezekiel, there's chapter after chapter of God revealing his plans for his new temple, his spiritual temple. And and Ezekiel sees this temple in great detail, and, it, and he sees the, you know, the lots of measurements of this temple and things and you get to chapter 47 and Ezekiel sees this comes to the most holy place and sees a river beginning to trickle water trickling from the most holy place in the temple and and, and it flows over the threshold of the temple and the river flows out of um, the temple and and he measures it and and it's got wider and deeper and he measures it a bit more and it's wider and deeper and he measures it further on and it it's become this great river um that's too you know you could swim in it it's getting bigger and bigger and this river flows to a place called the Araba and I've never been there but that's a desert in the south of Israel that's so dry nothing can live there it, it's an absolute death desolate place the Arabah desert is hot it's utterly dry there's no natural water there nothing lives there and this river from the temple flows into the Arabah desert and the the water there teems with life there are fish there and people can go fishing in this river in this driest place and there's there's um, trees growing up either side of the river and they've got leaves which are for healing you can use these leaves to heal and they they have crops of fruit again and again and again and this river flows from the temple of God out into the most dry the most hostile the most desolate place and it brings life where it goes and then Jesus came and Jesus calls his disciples to come and follow him. And it says in, in um, where am I? Mark 3.14, it says that Jesus called the 12 disciples to him that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons and do the stuff. OK, and it's very interesting. The disciples are called to Jesus in order that he can send them out to do the stuff, okay? Um, And then Jesus, um, after the resurrection, says to all of us, I want you to go out. He's already called us to him, but then um, he, he gets us and he says, I want you to go out into all the world and cast out demons, teach people to obey, heal the sick, care for the poor, clothe those who are naked, well done, storehouse project, um, and do my stuff, okay? And very interestingly, and I, I, I don't know what to make of this. I, I want to leave this up to you. I'm not theological enough. But he says, go and do the stuff. Teach other people to go and do the stuff as well. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Here's my question. Is Jesus being with us a conditional promise? Does Jesus just say, I'm with you 
do whatever you want. I'm with you. We, we know he is with us. We know he is for us. We know that once we're his, we're his. And I'm, you know, that's wonderful. But I, I wonder, it, I'm just asking the question, is the Great Commission a conditional promise? Is Jesus with us? Or is Jesus with us as we go and do the stuff? Okay, I, I'm, I'll leave that with you. I don't know um, the ask answer Rob, to that. Ask Rob. Rob. Ask Rob later. He knows these things. Okay. Um, when I was a young lad, I got into SS survival handbooks and things. And um, I don't know if anyone else have the SAS survival handbook tells you how to light fires and catch rabbits and things like that. It's, it's cool. Um, but I, I love, used to love this book. And one of the things it says in it is when you fall into a waterfall, which the SAS do all the time, apparently. Anyone here ever fallen into a waterfall? No? Oh, hey. <laughs> okay, apparently, I'm not speaking from experience here, but apparently what you do with the waterfall is if you're in this waterfall and all this water's coming down and you try and swim up to the surface and breathe, which is what you instinctively want to do, apparently if you do that, then you drown because the water keeps on coming down and pushing you down and down and down. Uh, the thing to do if you fall into a waterfall, you might thank me for this, it might happen sometime, but, um, but what you need to do is swim down into the water and then the, the force of the waterfall pushes you down and up and you end up further, you know, you bob up to the surface but way downstream because of the force of the water. So if you're in a waterfall, you have to swim down, not up. You, you have to get deeper in, and as you get deeper, you go. Okay, it pushes you out. I think there's something spiritual in that. Okay, the deeper we want to go into God, the more there's a current pushing us out. Okay, we, we were singing a great song. Um, you know, deep water. You know, um, I'm, I can't remember the words now, but I'm, I'm jumping into the water, deep, deep water type thing earlier. I think that's wonderful. We've got an invite from God. We can dive into him. We can come into his presence. But that's only half the story, I think. That the story doesn't end with us pad- like in a paddling pool splashing around. The water of God's river is going somewhere and it pushes us out. It, it, it forces us out. So, yes, let's get deeper into God. But let's know that if we get deeper into God, it's, he's going somewhere. And he takes us with him. Okay, does that make sense? Just want to be a little bit controversial. Um, You hear about churches describing themselves as worship centres and their reason for being is that you come and you worship God there and soak in God's presence and enjoy God, full stop. Um, And I, I just question that a little bit now i'm not questioning the enjoying god's presence bit or the soaking in god's presence or the loving god's presence falling more in love with god's presence loving worship getting deeper into worship diving in enjoying more of god drinking him in enjoying worship just for the sake of worship that's fine i i i absolutely agree with that i'm not questioning that at all Okay, we worship God because he's God, not to get something. But what we need to know is as we worship God, we get put in a current. We, we, we're diving into a current that's going somewhere. 
Okay, and I just think I I challenge a, a church that described itself as a worship centre. Are you really enjoying all of God's presence? Okay, because Jesus said, remember, go. And I'll be with you. If we want to know God's presence, if we want to know the presence of Jesus, I think there's got to be something of going in that. And I'm becoming more persuaded that the Great Commission actually is a conditional thing. Go and I'll be with you. Do the stuff and I'll be with you rather than just here I am. I'm with you. Full stop. Now, God is with us. But I think to know more of God's presence, to know the fullness of God's presence, we need to go. And actually, um, times in my life when I've gone to places where the river might be going to, you know, going to the poor or going to people who are desperately in need, I, I think I've known more of God's presence in those places than I have on, on a Sunday in a worship session. Okay. Now, we've got a good emphasis of grace uh, in you know, our churches and rightly so and we love God's grace and God's grace is so good and it you know just to remind everyone it means that he loves us unconditionally it's nothing to do with what we've done or what we might do or what we think we can do or how strong we are or how good we are it's just because he is so good and he loves us and he loved us when we were dead in our sin when we could do nothing he loved us he still loves us it started off with grace it carries on with grace and we love grace we love preaching about grace you've all heard many sermons about grace over the years and we love grace we love God's grace but I I think because we're so strong on grace I think sometimes we're a bit nervous to talk about obedience. And actually, I think we love God's grace. We revel in it. We love God's presence. But that calls us to obedience. And Jesus told a story about this. And um, just the week before he was crucified in Jerusalem, he told a number of parables. Um, and one of them was this. Um, He says this, what do you think? There's a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go today and work in the vineyard. I'll not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? This isn't a sneaky thing that pastors put in to get people to do more stuff. This is Jesus talking, okay? And Jesus is asking the question, which of these two sons did what his father wanted? Which which of the two sons pleased his father? The the first they answered, okay? And um, that's a story Jesus told. And and with a lot of the parables that Jesus told, he he ended up with the, the words... If you've got ears, hear this. Those who have ears, let them hear. That's something he kept saying with parables. In other words, we need to listen to parables. We need to take them seriously. We need to get the parables into us. Let God speak. We need to have spiritual ears to hear what these stories are saying to us. The word parable means to throw down. And um, so... An example would be if Wendy and I go fishing and we're having a fishing competition and and we both catch fish and we're both, we've both got these fish that we've caught and Wendy says, oh, my fish is bigger than yours. 
um, then what I could do is get my fish and throw it down next to Wendy's and say, well, we'll compare them. Let's see what, who's got the biggest fish. And, and putting them next to each other, throwing them down next to each other is a way that we can compare them. And Wendy win, wins, you've got the bigger fish. Well done. But, um, but um, parables are like that. They're, they're stories that we're meant to throw down or compare to our lives. They're, they're meant to be things that you put down next to you and you measure your life against them. That's what parables are for. And so I, I want to ask the question, um, if I can find what page I'm on. Um, and I, I want us to do that now. OK, and I, I want to ask the question, which of these two sons are you most like? Okay. Are, are you more like the son who says, mm, not sure about that, but you actually do it? Or are you more like the son who talks the talk, who who talks a lot about it, but actually you don't do it? Okay, uh, this is a, the parable. This parable, I think, is about obedience. Okay, and so which of these two sons are you most like? Are you are you? There's a British saying: "All talk and no trousers." Okay, are you someone who talks about stuff? with God but doesn't actually do it or are you someone who's maybe a bit nervous but you get on and do the stuff okay are you are you someone who maybe is a bit nervous about getting involved but you do it anyway and you press on and you press through even though you're a bit nervous you do it or are you someone who talks a good talk and looks impressive but actually, you, you, at the end of the day, you don't turn up. Are you someone who talks a lot about praying? Or are you someone who doesn't necessarily feel very good at it, but you, you get down to praying? Because I find um, confession that I find it's very easy to talk about praying or say, yeah, I'll pray for you. Actually, to get on and do the stuff yeah. is a lot harder sometimes. Okay. Are you someone who's read lots of books about healing and you've been to some conferences and you've been to loads of seminars and you, you've got some great stories and you've seen Rob pray for people lots of times? Or are you someone who, when you meet someone who's sick, you, know, you, just say, you might be scared silly, but you say, can I, just, I'm a Christian, can I put my hand on your shoulder and pray for you because I, I think God can do something and you step out. Okay. Are you someone who can read another book and read the latest book and know, you know lots of good quotes and things or are you someone who goes to that person at your work who's having a hard time and just sits down next to them and offers to well, just loves them and brings the love of God to them and shares hope with them. Okay. Um, are you someone who knows more stuff or are you someone who does more stuff? Okay. What is it that counted to this father? Okay. And what is it that still counts to the father? Um, there's a, I'm reading a book at the moment because um, it's much easier to read a book than do the stuff. Yeah. But um, the, reading a book um, called uh, Training for Trainers, T for T, by um, a man called Ying Kai. And um, 
there's a, just a very challenging quote in it where he says this, um, obedience is the mark of a true disciple. Okay, obedient disciples are not those who give verbal assent only, but actually obey what the Father commands. Ideally, we, both, we want people who both say yes and do yes. But bottom line, we're looking for people who do yes. Okay, um, are you someone who does yes? So just wrapping things up, how do we apply this? Um, well, the last thing I want from today, and I've re- this is what I've prayed about and really long for not to happen, is that you'll feel a bit condemned and you'll feel a bit guilty and you think, oh, I ought to do more. And you go out here a bit heavy, feeling, um, I've got to do more stuff now. I'm already busy. I've got to find time to do some more stuff as well. That's the last thing I want. Okay, I want this to be a word of encouragement. And my encouragement is this. Get closer to Jesus. Just dive deeper into Jesus. Dig more into him. Come closer in worship. Enjoy worship. I'm I'm really realising at the moment worship isn't just a nice activity. It's such a powerful, powerful thing. Um, if it, I know for me, if I've come and worshipped God and enjoyed God's presence, and then I go out and talk to people, somehow it just works better. Yeah. Um, if I go out and and try and talk to people about Jesus and and you know and walk up to someone in the street and say, "Hey, God loves you." Very often, I don't know about you. Very often for me, it just sounds corny and awkward and just doesn't work but when I've been in God's presence and I'm full of God's presence and I go out and talk to people then I'm bringing the love of God to them and I'm bringing hope and I'm bringing something solid and it's not a duty thing at all actually it's a life thing it's going with the river that's coming out from God's throne it's full of God's presence and then when I lay my hand on someone in the street and and offer to pray for them it's different um I I had a meeting with a couple of worship leaders this week, went out for a beer, and I was really distracted by this table of young people opposite us. And I just thought there's something about them and and work and that, you know, maybe I, I think one of them's struggling in the work situation. And so I went, you know, I'd been with worship leaders. I, I was doing pretty well. They were really encouraging me. I was focusing on God and I went over to them and said you know I was nervous I was scared but I knew I was preaching on this so I didn't want to be the son who talks about it and doesn't do it so uh, so hoisted by my own petard but um, so I went over to them and said hi this is a bit weird I'm a uh, you know I'm a Christian Um, can I just ask are any of you struggling with your work situation at the moment and one by one they went no I'm fine no my work's great I'm loving work. Work is absolutely fantastic. So, so oh, well, sorry, guys, you know, got that one wrong. And then one of the girls there just said, out of interest, why, why, you know, why did you ask? And I said, well, I just felt like God maybe had something for you. And she said, really? God's got something? What? What? Tell me. And I said, I just think God's favours on you and he's for you and he, he wants to bless you in your work. And, and, and this young women that's amazing and I just felt not to push it any more than that I'd I'd done what I I was there to do actually I'd 
the word had flopped, but I, but I was full of God. I, I, I was coming out of the river. So even a bit of a failure on my part still brought something of the love of God. Now, if I'd gone over to them and said, hey, God loves you, I think in a pub situation, that's just a bit awkward, isn't it? And you, you think, we're just not. But, but there was a river there and I, I was getting in the river and, and God's presence was there. And, you know, I'm not bigging that up. Actually, it's a bit of a heroic failure rather than, you know, an amazing word, Rob has like 15 digit phone numbers and bank account details and middle names of cousins and things when he has words for people. I'm not there yet, but, um, but, um, but, but just getting in the river, getting, enjoying the river of God and, and trying to say, be one of these sons who, sons who says, yeah, who does yes, I think just brings results. And, and, and it's exciting. So I'm not at all wanting to say, go and do more stuff. Okay. What I, what I want to say to you is get into the river of God. Come and drink from God. Come and throw yourself into worship. Get closer to Jesus. Enjoy his presence more. You've got a reputation as a church that loves God's presence. Okay. That's wonderful. Get, enjoy more of God's presence, but also dive into the river and, and go, and then you'll get more of God's presence. You'll know more of Jesus being with you. Yeah. And I think there's more that God's wanting to show you and reveal to you and give to you. And it's so exciting, but it's out there. It's not in here. Okay, there's more in here, but that's to take you out there. So just in closing, what, a couple of questions. Where's the river going this week? Where, where's God's river taking you this week we've had a great time of worship today where's that river flowing to well you know it's not staying here thank god we don't just have to come to church on sunday to enjoy his presence no his presence gets goes out from here and as it goes it gets wider and deeper and more full of life the 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 drier the deader the places it goes to the more full of life it's going to be that's the way God works. Okay, so what's God already doing around you? What what's God doing this week? God's river, God's heart is to go into dead, dry places. That's what God always loves to do. That's what Jesus did. He didn't hang around just in the temple. He went to the places where people couldn't get into the temple. They weren't allowed in because they were prostitutes. They were Samaritans. They were unclean. They were lepers. That's where Jesus loved hanging out. His reputation was someone who hung out with tax collectors and, and the dirty people that no one else liked. That's where God's presence goes. It's to places that you know, God doesn't hang around in churches that much. He does. He, you know, he, he brings his presence, but in order to go. Okay. So what stuff does Jesus want to, you to do in the lives of people around you? What stuff is on his heart for the people who are around you this week? This isn't a duty thing. This is a surfing the presence of God thing. This is going with God and him being with you. Who, if you don't know the answer to that, who's God giving you compassion for? Who are you just taking a second look at this week? Who's popping into your mind this week? Okay, who up your street is just on your mind? I'm just trying to learn to catch more of the 
whispers of, of God. You know, not, you know, sometimes you have to shout quite loud because I'm a bit slow on the uptake. But, but I'm trying to learn just if I, if something pops into my mind randomly, I'm thinking, you know, a neighbour, then I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I should just knock on the door, say, hi, how are you? I was thinking of you today, and just see what happens. It's not difficult, but I want to be in this river. I want to be where the river's going, okay? Who is God already working in? Who around you is God already working? Because he is at work. He is at work. Um I've got a friend, Richard, who lives in the Middle East. A number of you might have met him, but he was in a taxi and he just felt God um, nudge him and tell him to ask the taxi driver, Muslim taxi driver, um, whether he's had any dreams. So he's in this taxi and he says, hey, have you had any dreams? And this taxi driver says, um, yeah, I, I keep having this dream about a man dressed in white and he's wonderful and he keeps telling me, follow me. And I don't know, is this Mohammed or is it Jesus? I can't figure it out. So they have a conversation. Next day, uh, Rich is in another taxi and he thinks, I'm going to ask the same question. So he, he says to this next taxi driver, so have you had any dreams? And this taxi driver says, yeah, I keep having this dream about a man dressed in white who keeps saying, follow me. So I have another conversation. Next day or next time he's in a taxi, he says to the taxi driver, have you had any dreams? And the taxi driver says, what, you mean the one about the man in white who, who keeps saying, follow me? No, I haven't had that dream, but all my friends at the mosque have had it and we're talking about it. Jesus is at work in people around us so much more than we realize his river is fine because he can't stand to see araba places that are desolate and deserted and and badly talked about and empty of life he brings life where he goes that's what his river is always doing what's he doing today he's bringing life where is he bringing it to the places that need it the most who around you needs the love of god most because that's where god is at work Okay, maybe we won't see it straight away. I'm I'm learning how to sort of sow some seed and and some of it doesn't seem to grow. And even in the parable that Jesus told about the sower, there's a only a 25 percent success ratio. Some of the seed doesn't grow, but some of it does. Where is the seed growing? Well, just how do we learn? Let's throw lots of it around and see where green stuff starts growing. That's where the soil's good. So let's just be bold and, and Throw some seed out and and see how it goes. Then be patient because God maybe isn't working in people right now, but he is working. And, you know, there are many stories about people who look very dead. And then a year later on, suddenly there's these shoots start growing. So, you know, just be let's dive into God's presence. Let's enjoy, keep on enjoying God's presence in order that we get in the river. Okay, we've got an invite, get in the river. It's wonderful. It's full of the life and the love of God. And it takes us out to where God's love is needed most. Okay, and who knows where you might end up if you do it. Okay, I just want to challenge you. You know more than most churches about the presence of God. I want to... I feel I've got an invitation from God. You can know more of his presence. Okay, As you go, as you do some stuff, 
he will be with you. You'll get to see more of his presence. There are more stories for Jubilee Church from out there than there are from in here. Okay, and all of us can get in on that. Okay, and it's not just for Rob and people who look a bit confident about it. Okay, this is all of us get in on this. Okay, the river's there for everyone.